0: And then and then uh then uh as uh, as uh, as our good friend Michael Bay does, we'll uh, we'll just uh fix it in post. Watch it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this interview's over. Exactly. <laughs> it's like he hung up. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. live from the emerald city of seattle it's the mike sibert radio podcast your home for pop culture transformers independent artists interviews transformers and stuff and things also sometimes transformers and now here he is with his extraordinary playlist mike sibert
0: Hey, welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and this is the thrilling conclusion of Two Mikes, Two Furious with my guest, Michael Andrews. Uh, We're just going to jump right back into it, uh, picking up where we left off uh, from discussing 2009's Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, We'll get back to that conversation in just a quick moment. But first, I want to let you know about next week's podcast dropping this Wednesday, June 15th. Co-publisher of A Wave Blue World, Tyler Chin Tanner returns, and we're talking about the Kickstarter for their new graphic novel anthology called Maybe Someday, Stories of Promise, Visions of Hope. It's a sequel to 2018's Ringo-nominated All We Ever Wanted Stories of a Better World because now, uh, more than ever, uh, we could all use a little more utopia in our stories and a little less dystopia. Uh, think more Star Trek, less Mad Max. Uh, the Kickstarter for Maybe Someday launches Tuesday, June 2nd. Check out awbwkickstarter.com for more information. And then on Wednesday, June 3rd, you won't want to miss episode seven. 72 of Mike Seibert Radio, and my interview with Tyler Chin Tanner, co-publisher of A Wave Blue World.
1: Stay tuned after the feature for more great previews. And now, our feature presentation.
0: I think also, though, and I think, I think this is where I actually kind of like hook us and loop us around to one of the things we wanted to talk about as we got closer to closing out is, um, you know, kind of like, I I, I'm reluctant to use the term toxicity because I feel like that that's its own thing, but there certainly is a lot of cynicism and negativity in, in transformers fandom to the point where um, I, I feel that sometimes transformers fans aren't happy unless we're unhappy about something. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And you know, it, it, it's really disheartening as like when you, especially if you're a casual fan and we're trying to grow the brand and, and people, people have a hard time jumping on when there's when there's so much canon and there's so much comic book and that you don't even know where to start. And then you, you seek something out and it's just crap next. Like, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. I, I didn't know. That was like something bittersweet to me when I started going to the conventions was uh, I, you know, I had a full wholehearted love for it when I first went. And I only, I only some of this bitterness and 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 when you, you can't unsee it, right? Like you can't yeah. unsee some of those like, yeah, okay. The pain apps aren't there. And yeah, it doesn't look exactly like it looks like this. And you're just in there. Now, now you've heard it. Now you've seen it. It, it, it chisels away it what you originally loved about the brand.
0: Yeah. And in even some of like the, you know, I I was throwing around terminologies earlier, you know, like you know, these these engineering buzzwords that are now just kind of part of our vocabulary. Like, you right. know, you you watch like, you know, a couple Bobby Skullface videos and he's talking about <laughs> ab crunch and you know all this other yeah. you know just 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 nomenclature that that you know we as fans and fellow uh content creators we just kind of like pick up. Like uh giving you know, example i was doing a um interview with a comic book artist uh, blackie shepherd last week and he's working on transformers he's he's doing a couple pages uh interior pages for them and i i i just uh um popped off with the term uh toyetic because like i was i was asking him about it's like oh yeah so you know the the uh, the depictions of the characters in the comic books are are very toyetic and they look like they 're modeled on the uh the action figures is that you know editorial mandate you know th- that kind of thing and i and I saw a comment in the in the comments it 's like toyetic question <laughs> mark and you know and and it 's easy to forget like you know the terms that just kind of become part of the lexicon and vocabulary, you kind of forget that like the public has no idea what you're talking about. So if I started talking right. about like, you know, ab crunch, <laughs> you know, with, with regards to talking about a, a figure and um, I'm trying to think of a couple others that I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, I mean, well, know, and like, when
2: you saw that comment, Mike, did you, yeah. did you have your moment of like, well, just, you're going to have to look it up. Or did you or did you kind of feel did you get back to the old the old Mike Seibert that didn't know all those terms a few years ago and and feel feel a little uh, sympathy for that comment?
0: Oh I and and so I, I responded later because I didn't see it while while we were streaming. Um otherwise I would have just uh acknowledged it live. And I was like, Yeah, you know, and I even kind of attributed it to um uh ant from tfu.info because that that's a term that he uses often and that's it's a it's a vocabulary term that i've just picked up um uh, along with uh uh, play patterns and and and, uh, (laughs) things like that so um but yeah no it's 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 just uh it's just interesting the uh uh the terminology uh that we pick up but yeah i think i i think um in pop culture criticism, I think it's cool, you know, quote unquote, um, you know, with like, you know, kind of like Poochie the and Dog type of cool, you know, like yeah. uh, egregious sunglasses and stuff. I think it's cool to be snarky and cynical. Um, right. I think it's much harder to be... Um, uh, earnest and enthusiastic about stuff. I mean, you know, one, one of my very favorite dudes out on Twitter, uh, Dave Cabal, he is, he is just like, he is just unabashedly enthusiastic about everything. And I love it because it yeah. is is such a stark contrast to even quite frankly, myself, because, you know, I, I, I have tried so many times to forsake the snarky tweets and and i can 't stop it 's just like it 's all you do it 's all i do and because i mean unfortunately that's just kind of on brand for me it's like you know i can I can speak very earnestly about things like like we 're talking about now and and you know that that's i i think the trait that a lot of folks um uh, put on my personality but but in terms of like the social media stuff it's to me it it's a a refraction of what i see so what i what i mean by that is like if i'm scrolling through tweets and i see somebody earnestly tweeting about the snyder cut um i i feel the need to be a smart mouth about it because it's um i i don't I, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, contrast it. Maybe maybe a, uh, a professional writer could could help me out here. But basically, like not. you know, you know, I was I was talking about, you know, how I um, I I respect and enjoy uh, Dave Cabal's uh, enthusiasm. Likewise, on the other hand, folks that are earnest uh, in kind of like the the more chud manner, like like the obnoxious <laughs> Snyder Bros. Yes. And just for some reason about there's something about that I I gotta find another word other than earnest, but basically just, you know, their 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 um unwavering commitment to it kind of it 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 reminds you that the term fan comes from fanatic because like a lot of those folks just come across as fanatical and it's exhausting. So it's it's so weird um where on on one hand you have folks that are you know uh positive, you have folks that are positively negative and then, <laughs> right. and then and then you've got everybody else and unfortunately there's there's so much everybody else that you know they'll just go for that snarky tweet that uh, again, I think it's kind of permeated a lot of uh content creation to where yeah, sometimes it gets exhausting it's like um yeah, and again, not throwing anyone else under the bus, but like, you know, if uh if if a you know, if somebody's doing like a toy review or something and at the end of it it's like this sucks, I'm not buying it. Or, you know, and it just yeah, it, it gets you know, or like, you know, I expect better from this comic book or this show or this movie, you know, that yeah that kind of like kind of like ugly uh fan entitlement also I, I think is kind of baked in there also. For sure well i think you and i coming from a background of unique and
2: original content creation we sort of we sort of have a middle ground take on it you know we sort of feel for the people that are creating these comic books and we see the that imperfections are okay and that you not mm-hmm. everything can be this polished gem knock it out of the park yeah. perfect toy perfect story perfect movie perfect video game mm-hmm. um and and i yeah i mean yeah you, maybe you shouldn't maybe you can come at me for being an apologist of this stuff but but I, I like to take the good with everything. I want to see the yeah. I want to see the good going into a movie. I want to see something I love. I want to leave saying I got my money's worth, not yeah this ticket and tearing it up and burning it, throwing away my second copy of Revenge of the Fallen on DVD and <laughs> to make a point.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And it's it, it it's um I I'm envious of that outlook because like you know i i i don't consume media with the intention of disliking it um now i have to own that though and say that there have been exceptions to that like i i remember I, um, I, I went to go see Batman v. Superman colon Dawn of Justice at the discount <laughs> theater because I waited and waited and waited. I'm like, I'm not paying full price for it. Um, no. But it was one of those things where I, it, it, it had to be like a seeing is believing. And I think I, I was also kind of like weirdly sanctimonious about it where it's like, well, I know I want to criticize it. But I can't yeah. criticize it unless I've seen it for myself. Right. And then I saw it for myself. Who, buddy? <laughs> and then you were totally justified. Well, and, and then it's so weird, though, because, like, you know, again, to like my, my uh, snarky tweets, every now and again, I'll get somebody that steps to me saying, like, oh, man, you got to watch that ultimate cut. That, that theatrical cut is garbage. And I, I look at the runtime on it. It clocks in at like three ten. It's like over three hours, and it's like riddle me this: How would giving me more of what I don't like and what I don't want? How will that make <laughs> this better? Right. Um, so, like, I I for example have a, like a really weird take on the Snyder Cut. I have never been against it per se because. Sure. I want to see this train wreck for myself. It's like, so, (laughs) so my, my ideology kind of aligns with the Snyder bros, but for completely different reasons, like even to the point where I've said publicly, like if they had done like a crowdfunding uh, thing to, you know, fund the uh, um, you know, finishing of production, I'd have thrown down for it because it's, it's, I I've compared it to the Snyder cut of justice league being like the, the greatest cinematic curiosity since that Jerry Lewis clown movie that we're never going to see. That's in a, <laughs> um, a reference we all get. Nobody gets that it's fine. No. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it is just like, no, I, I would, I would, to watch it but now that it's going to be happening on this hbo max and they're they're going to spend like 30 million dollars to finish a cut of a movie that was already done oh shots across the bow um (laughs) but um now now i'm i i've lost all my interest because it's like i mean and again i'm glad that it's a thing that's going to be happening and I am glad to a, a far lesser extent that the fans are getting what they want, but I do fear for the precedent that that sets. Um, Absolutely. That there's and,
2: two versions of everything, that there's no true Canon, that that's, you know, multiple storylines have to exist in your head
0: yeah. for one property. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know it. Exactly. It's like, it, it's, that's, but i i'd have been cool with you know as as a boutique premium alternate thing like like for example like you know 30 some years ago you know that there's no let me start over 20 something years ago i forget when they put it out but basically they put out the quote-unquote Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 and it's not great but it's one of those things that it's it's cool that it exists basically they you know, kind of pieced together and restored enough of his footage that wasn't used to make it a separate movie. Um, but it's not like it was like a marquee uh, launch title on a streaming service. I I think I think right. that is that is totally the the wrong way to go. It's like I want it with like you know uh, unfinished visual effects and and the thing that people keep forgetting is that like. Whatever form jackson uh, jack snyder jesus um Zack snyder's justice League take wh- whatever form Zack Snyder's Justice League takes, it's still going to be part one of a movie with no part two um it's going to be yeah. an unresolved cliffhanger and it's only like part of a movie so it's i, I again Ouch. i'm just I just, I, I just, I just worry for emboldened fandoms because like, you know, between like the, the Snyder bros and the, and the comic skaters, it's like, I don't, I don't need vocal minorities to be emboldened, you know, cause like next right. thing you know, suddenly those, those fandom menace knuckleheads uh, will feel like they have a, have, can have like a foothold on stuff. It's, and Absolutely. I, I, I'm not here for any of it.
2: No and I it's kind of a it's kind of a hot topic. I just tweeted about this the other day. I don't I don't like to feel that I'm enjoying something incorrectly. Mm. And I almost every time I log into Twitter, there's someone talking about a movie that I love and saying why I should hate it or or vice versa it makes me feel sick. I just really don't like that idea that like I'm just not doing it right. I want to love something for the reasons
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, win, lose, or draw. You know, it's like that is what that is. Um, the the best example that I can pluck off the top of my head that doesn't involve uh comic books is uh Blade Runner. You know, because yeah. like, you know, how I, I'm sure you've run into folks there be like, I've never seen Blade Runner before. Oh, cool. Well, you need to go watch it. Wait a sec, there's like five oh, yeah. of them. Which one <laughs> do I watch? And it's like, uh and and for me, uh I I, I feel that watching blade runner you should approach it the same way in the same order that you kind of watch uh star wars i i'm i'm a huge release order guy because whether it's it's intentional or unintentional and sometimes deliberate the previous works inform um everything that's going on so like for example if you watch rogue one before you watch star wars There's you know, like the cameos don't make any sense, some of the references don't make any sense. Oh, sure, because it's still a hindsight movie, correct. And it's okay for it to be a prequel that you watch in hindsight because that's how you saw it. You've seen Star Wars, you know it. So when you see Rogue One, you'd be like, Oh, hey, those are the guys from the bar, you know. (laughs) Um, you know, that that kind of thing. But so, like with Blade Runner. I, I'm I'm a release order guy. It's like you gotta go theatrical cut. It's not everybody's favorite. You know, some people don't like the voiceover. Um, you know, but it's that's the movie that was presented to us. And to your point about, you know, uh getting flack for not enjoying something, quote unquote, the right way, it's like, well, but that's the material that was given to us. So to yeah forsake it because you don't like it that's that's not fair to those that do totally absolutely Um, hottest Uh, hot take
2: i've ever took
0: (laughs) i love it no and, and and that's but but that's that's totally valid though and and i think because of like snark culture you know, it's all about, you know, how can, how can we cut each other down for, for our opinions on things? So it's like, you know, I, I can flip you shit for liking those Michael Bay movies, but, um, you know, it's, it's usually when there's like either, um, you know, there, there, there's some kind of tit for tat there. It's like, I, I wouldn't just lash out at you unprovoked, you know, that kind of right. thing. Right. So, because that, that's just needless. Um, Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I just I, I realized I had teased something earlier, and I kind of um, kind of forgot about it, and and um, I shouldn't be going backwards, but I I did want to I did want to touch on Revenge of the Fallen Soundwave a little bit. I uh, one of one of the things that I I think really bothered me, and really like I I have no problem with Soundwave being a satellite. I, I have no problem with him, you know, engaging in horrible hentai tentacle porn with the, with other satellites <laughs> and all that. That's, that's fine. That's kind of whatever. It's kind of gross. But, um, but the thing that, that bothers me, like actually like kind of gave me that, that icky feeling in my stomach I was talking about earlier, is that they went to the effort to get Frank Welker to come back and do the voice. And basically he comes back and does Soundwave. It's like, but that doesn't sound like Soundwave. Well, he's doing the Dr. Claw voice. And yeah. and so all Soundwave is is Frank Welker doing the Dr. Claw voice, but run through a vocoder and and doing that vocal processing. So for me at the time, it really bothered me in that like they were conscientious enough to bring Frank Welker back and to have him do the voice, but they they didn't go all the way into doing the vocal processing. So that tells me that they didn't understand why they were doing what they were doing to begin with. And if, and instead of making me feel good, it made me feel more hollow about it. Sure. Yeah. I, can, so, I can expect that take. So anyway, but can I,
2: you imagine on the flip side of that, can you imagine if you're a John Q moviegoer, never seen a transformers movie and you go in there and it drops the uh, sound wave voice. I mean, yeah. we love it because it's back in the day. That's when we first heard it. But, but now it's, it's, it'd be almost comical to
0: most people. True. And, and, and that's fair. Um, I, I guess in counter to that, I would give the example of Bumblebee. Now, I wonder, now you raise a very, very good point. I wonder to John Q moviegoer, if they're just like, what's wrong with that dude's voice? You know, right. why, why, why is he have, what, what is that coming out of his chest? I don't understand. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, and, and you, and you made your point, um, you know, uh, perfectly earlier when, you know, those, those movies aren't as much for the fans as they are for the general public. I mean, look, Oh, see now, and, and I can't remember if we talked about this during our Bumblebee recap episode, but you look at the box office figures, you know you've got you know your your revenge of the fallen i think that made like a billion dollars at the box office bumblebee didn't make a million dollars at the at the box office a billion with a b um it uh i mean it made a lot it, it was successful enough to uh continue the live action franchise but you know it it, uh, it um you know it it's not lighting the screen on fire the way that those previous four did and, totally. and I think though, and, and I feel justified in my not going choosing not to go watch last night i'm like I'm drawing a line, I'm not going, sure. and sure enough, that one, while it did make a lot of money, by comparison it, it's, it's the weakest of the four and right. and, and I think I, I hope. That somebody understood. It's like, well, why aren't people going to these movies? Amar. Oh, maybe because these these vocal minority fans that we keep hearing about. Maybe there's something to what they're saying. Possibly.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Or well, or I could present the argument that mm. those people are keeping the average moviegoer from seeing those movies. They're hearing those. Reviews and those responses that are stemmed from this original 80s love of a property Mm. and they're scaring off the general
0: audience. They're just doing worse and worse and worse. Maybe that's that's um, that's a fair point to consider. I I I guess I look at it kind of like maybe bridging the gap is that I think the 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 critical response to all of those movies finally caught up to it because like i i think even now uh revenge of the fallen has the the um a greatest divide between total box office receipt and and uh critical rating on rotten tomatoes it's got like 10% or something like that but sure, made a yeah. billion dollars it's it's like it's that, it's that it's that biggest divide there um so i i i think maybe the i i don't know maybe it just caught up to them because like i i think even like trying to um i'm not trying to crack open another can of worms but you know one, one of the components of uh age of extinction was really pandering to the chinese audience which sure i don't necessarily have as much of a problem with that as as i could um but I also think it's indicative of that didn't necessarily work as well as they would have liked, you know, for all of their effort with, with product placement and things like that. It's like, you know, maybe it's one of those things where the franchise just kind of got long in the tooth. And the best thing to do is just, you know, let it sit on the shelf until there was a new take. Right.
2: Right. On the flip side of that, the thing that that sort of worries me, you know, I try to look, I try to consider myself an apologist to those movies and try to, look at them as like okay i know they're not great but they're okay they're giant robots on the screen i can get behind that um but but then on the other side when i saw bumblebee there was sort of this like hollowness to me when i saw that movie and i think it's because i did like the michael bay one so much Mm -hmm. that seeing that one that was just like sorry about those other ones this is for you 40 somethings yeah like that stung a little bit and it's a fun movie it's a cute movie it's an okay cool movie sure but i don't know there was nothing to get fired up about one way or another it was it was the vanilla ice cream of transformers movies
0: i think that's fair and furthermore i would say and i and i remember having similar thoughts about uh certain installments of the the star wars saga is that like Sometimes that's what you want. You want vanilla ice cream. You know, sometimes vanilla ice cream is totally okay and totally acceptable. Exactly. You can mix in all your favorite candy bars and cookies into it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a metaphor for you
2: get to bring your own things into it.
0: Yeah, and and that's kind of where where the fandom comes in in like a big bad way because you know like like I was saying before it's like I had I had no idea about you know fan fiction and and zines and fan art and and, right. and I mean I mean you know shipping's kind of a different thing but it's kind of related to that as well but still totally. it's it's yeah it, it's it's very um it's very interesting um like I I even take like the um the ending of Lost Light you know, um, there uh, James Roberts kind of writes a coda in like the, you know, like the letters page or whatever, you know, he writes kind of like an essay. And as he ends it, he's like, over to you. Basically, like he as like the driving force of the story is seeding it to the the audience and saying like, yeah. it's yours yeah. now. Do whatever the hell you want with it. You can't break it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, go nuts. Do whatever, because really- he that's where that dude comes from he he comes from the from the world of uh fan fiction so
2: absolutely and he created one of the most incredible parts of transformers fandom hands down
0: absolutely and yeah and and that's i i think that's one of the things that like the the various factions of uh transformers fandom can unite on is like everybody loves more than meets the eye.
2: I would go further and say that that uh, it even unites people that aren't part of the fandom. I mean, I Yes. I was really surprised to find out that there's a lot of uh, Star Wars content creators, uh comic writers, uh Pablo Hidalgo of the story group, they all love Transformers specifically more than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Delilah uh Delilah Dawson, one of the biggest Star Wars authors of all time, avidly reads more than meets the eye, yeah. and lost light.
0: Yeah, I I think it's one of those stories, and and a lot of it is because um, of its commitment to uh, diversity and and telling uh, different kinds of stories. But more than that, I think it's it's just fun, oh, and so and, fun. and and it and it transcends. uh uh, transformers it's for for me and i remember like reading it when it was new and i don't remember at what point it clicked but at a certain point i i suddenly wasn't just reading like a licensed transformers comic i was like wait a sec this is something special and 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 it it transcends um you know the the brand the and and um Uh, franchise that that it's a part of it's it's just a great comic that just happens to be about transformers
2: yes absolutely i i pitch it that way all the time that is exactly that's a perfect way to say it is it it could be for anyone i mean anyone could step into that comic and yeah sure there's going to be some characters you don't recognize right away but sure there's a re-characterization and they they made megatron autobot for crying out loud and,
0: and it plays. I mean, and it like, plays. And, and somebody is even like a crusty G1 or like myself to where you would think a move like that would get somebody like me all pissed off. And, <laughs> yeah. and cause I, I even remember like the, the solicitations for it. I'm like, what is this? But then when it happens, I'm like, of course. And, you know, and even when the story runs its course, it's like, oh man, that's right. I forgot who this guy was, you know, you, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that's, that's powerful where you can, where you can take basically the centralized villain of an entire franchise and humanize him in, in, in a way that he's never been presented before. And you
2: almost don't want to see him back.
0: Yeah. You exactly. don't want
2: to see him back the way he was. You want to see that Autobot insignia emblazoned on his chest.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of kind of one of the things going into IDW too. It's like, oh, well, Megatron's just a just a bad guy again. All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. Uh right. that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's interesting. And and I and going all the way back to the beginning, you know, your your unique perspective of liking those different takes, because you can see where where the excitement can come from. That. Um, so so you've mentioned that you're you're living that that quarantine lifestyle. Um, any uh, any particular uh, medias that you've been consuming? Like you you watch it? You watching TVs? You reading books? You playing games? What uh what what's been going on in the Michael Andrews? Ha- uh, household? Yeah,
2: you know. Uh, I've found myself weirdly drawn to like reality TV. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't everything I watch. Um, I don't know. I hate to put it this way, but it sort of depresses me in a way, right? Sure. Yeah. Because even if it's something that's fun and lighthearted, um, it's still something that's occurring in this world that I don't know if it's ever going to exist anymore. Mm. I, it's really hard for me to watch a scene in a TV show where two people are sitting at the same table uh talking to each other totally maskless when I don't even know if that's the future of the world yeah, so it kinda it's kind of tough for me to watch I mean you could say that about anything you can say that about sure. reality t v but I'm able to disconnect a little bit when I watch this is kind of a weird statement now that I say it out loud, but I can disconnect yeah. a little bit by watching reality t v
0: well, I, I would I would say that most reality TV is probably more scripted and contrived than <laughs> yeah. than uh, than, than fictional dramas, fine. but but right. yeah, no, I totally hear you. Because like um, we we were watching uh, holy moly, the, the other night, the, oh, the mini beautiful. golf show. It's yeah. it's fantastic, but so at cool. a but at a certain point, they they cut to interstitial animation segments. Where it's like, oh, that's where the footage ran out. Oh man, uh, <laughs> because like a lot of the stuff, like yeah. you know, like a lot of these like you know, primetime game shows and and things like that that were going to be out for the summer anyway, they filmed that stuff months ago. Right. Um, so it's all been in the can, and everything has just kind of been coming out on that on that regular, uh, release. But yeah, it was like. I, I, it, it just kind of like it was like like a splash of cold water. I'm like, oh, they're doing this as animation, not to be cheeky, though it was, and and yeah. I thought it played very well, but it's because they can't put the people together to film the wraparounds. They they only have like the yeah. the footage from the show, and that's again, it's a cool workaround, but it's a reminder that that things are. Uh, one, not as they once were, but right. also an indicator of perhaps uh the future as well like i i got into uh, I got into a spat with somebody on uh facebook they They the were whole they, life lately I know right they uh they were posting about uh tenant the uh the that uh the new Christopher oh, Nolan movie yeah. looks fantastic and it was saying I want oh, oh oh i remember what it was this, this was in uh transformers bot posting in a, a facebook group and um so he made a meme where it's uh it's the end of Dark of the Moon and like uh, Sentinel Prime is about to bring his blade down upon Optimus and he's got the 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 corona kind of photoshopped on his head, sure. and then uh, the other part of the meme is uh, when, when Megatron comes in and it's, it's Christopher Nolan's face transposed on Megatron and he's holding up a Tenant poster and it's like Christopher <laughs> Nolan coming in and get, getting rid of the corona or whatever. <laughs> and, and I, and I flamed this dude. I'm like, that movie's not coming out. Come on. Yeah. Because like I saw a preview for it and if I understand correctly, that movie has not budged from its July release date. And I was like, that, that movie's not coming out. It's like, uh, well, do you, do you think that, that Nolan is going to allow, you know, his movie to be uh, uh put out straight to DVD? I'm like, well, if theaters aren't open, there's going to be nowhere to play it. And, and you know, right. you you're just being silly. Whereas, like you know, we've seen like you know, die another day. I'm die another day. Jesus, uh, no time to die. The uh, James Bond movie, as well as like yeah. Black Widow and other things that have been pushed. You know, and that was to- that's totally fine. All makes sense. Who knows where we'll be at in December when when we kick that can back down the road again? Right. Uh, maybe maybe the Fast and Furious folks had it figured out when they very early kicked to next year. Uh, we'll see. But but yeah, it was just it was just very weird, and and it reminded me that one about kind of like the weird division that that we all have, but also just kind of like that. I, I feel like a person that that's going to make goofy memes about uh tenant is the same guy that's going to stand with a protest sign saying, I need a haircut, you know, right. just, just like that, that weird <clears throat> blind arrogance that yes. that I don't understand. It, it's, it's, it's arrogance crossed with entitlement and oh, it's, unbelievable. It, it's, it runs weird. rampant. It's gross. And I don't like it.
2: Well, and I think it brings up a point that uh, you know, the movie, the film industry is gonna have to start getting creative about how they're gonna release these things. They need yeah. to they need to adapt. And I think they are working on adapting. So I think some of those points of like, well, is this movie gonna come out? Like, it's not gonna come out the way you think
0: yeah Um, much
2: like the last jedi this is not gonna go the way you think it
0: is oh you just just thumb on that we're getting there it's it's fine We'll, we'll 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 have to unpack that another day but uh um really hot take from uh from michael andrews uh how do you feel about Uh, Direct to streaming movies like we've had like the trolls we had like that that Ben Affleck basketball movie you got like a Tom Hardy Capone movie question mark Um, so we we're seeing uh, movies that are coming out uh, straight to streaming Uh, a bloodshot wasn't quite straight to streaming but close right. Um, that that's that one that really got lost in the shuffle i i was gonna go watch that movie but i'm not gonna pay 1999 for like a one-time rental stream i don't want to watch it sure. that bad but, but you
2: but to put it another way mike you would if you were going to see that movie live in theater you would, yes. you would pay for the ticket you'd pay for the popcorn you'd be out a lot more than that 1999 to see that movie
0: isn't that ironic? But yeah. yes, you're you're absolutely correct. Because I was kind of looking forward to it. It's like I, I I loves me a trashy Vin Diesel movie. That's fine. I don't care. Right, right. I, I think I think I'm I'm okay with it. I I don't want to
2: see it go directly to streaming. I don't want to see, uh, well, I mean, let's say, let me put it this way. I I do want to see movies go directly to streaming. I'd like them to come and be available a little bit quicker. But mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends uh, that work in the movie industry. I know they hate that term, but but they're not getting paid right now. They're out of right. work right now. And I right. want to see movies be able to make similar, if not the same money that they were making once before so that mm-hmm. those people get their investments. And those under, you know, just the staffers that put their heart and soul into it get paid. Yeah. So I don't want to see it go directly. I don't want to see a Disney movie go direct to Disney+. Plus. I don't want to see something go to DC right off the bat. I yeah. I want to see those middle ground where... It costs 20 bucks to rent it. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's like going to a movie for me. And I've yeah. been weirdly generous in this lockdown with my money. I've bought a lot of like gift cards that if my personal beliefs say I'll never actually get to use ever again. Yeah. Um, but I've been trying to spread that wealth around. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're all, we're all trying to do our part for the economy. I mean, a lot of people are screaming, reopen, reopen, um, but I'm actually giving uh, a lot of my money to yeah. businesses if mm-hmm. I can yeah and I want to
0: yeah. do it with movies too absolutely that, that's that's a really good point because it, it's it's weird my my uh personal actions you know it's like I I tip big uh when when I do takeout or delivery you know I've I've yeah. been uh making a point to uh buy stuff from like independent artists you know it's like get commissions or buy prints or you know try try to you know kind of Try to duplicate that convention experience a, a little bit, but for some reason, well, no, I, I'll even backpedal that before I even say it. I was going to say for some reason that hasn't quite translated into my movie viewing, but that's not entirely true because like you know i i've been I've been snapping up streaming services left and right. You know, it's like I I've, yeah. I I think I've pretty much got the Infinity Gauntlet full of uh um uh, streamers <laughs> at this point. So yeah, um, so yeah, so that that that's it. That's at least you know something. And um, I don't
2: mean to be pedantic. I hope this doesn't come across that way, but I think it's important to remind people that you know it's a very it's a very cool thing to be when you go see the latest Marvel movie that you know you're giving your money to Kevin Feige or you're you know you're giving your money to uh, Bob Iger when you see sure. something at Disney. Uh, but you're not, you're, you're paying for people that work in craft services. You're paying someone that their biggest income is being a server. And they just got this one uh, walk-on gig as yeah. an extra or something yeah. like that. There's a lot of people that make movies and you don't always mm-hmm. stay for the credits, but there's a lot. And uh, Absolutely. They, they, they still need a cut. There's a, there's almost an entire state out of work <laughs> with, right. with the yeah. amount of people that aren't creating films right now.
0: Yeah um speaking of uh creative stuff or are, are um are you doing anything creative you uh you doing a writing or any other uh mm. content creation no comment oh
2: <laughs> no not, some comment. you not. know it's a, it's just a you know it's a really difficult time i, I my heart wow. really goes out to people that are that are creative uh developers it's 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 tough to uh sit down and and do that work and and come up with a new yep. story and and do that stuff. It, it's, it's, it's a creative void right now. A lot of the times you can't do that when you're not on your a game, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling down and out, uh, you really just can't bring yourself to that table and put yourself in front of that blank page or that, uh, that microphone as it were.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I, I feel you brother. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, I I've done several episodes where I've been kind of talking about my, my own kind of existential dread and, you know, kind of struggles with, you know, just kind of feeling that motivation to create that content because it, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's like, you know, we, we, we sometimes kind of, you know, have, have the opiates that temporarily make us forget that we're in the middle of a, you know, 100 years pandemic. (laughs) Um, But then it's like one of those things It's like, wait a minute, there's a goddamn pandemic out there. (laughs) You know, it's like, and, and yeah, that, that existential dread kind of, kind of weighs down on um, on you after a while and, but, yeah, I mean you know, you know the for me at least and, and the the thing i I guess the the um, higher note I would like to end on is that it's i I also felt once once I got back on the path of all right i just i need to I need to find the motivation to uh, uh, start creating content it it inspired me to rekindle, uh, relationships that maybe I had let go fallow. Like, you know, like for example, we're here now because like, I reached out to you out of the blue out of nowhere because I was like, you know, I really, you know, maybe we'll do this, uh, this two mics, no feedback thing. You know, it's like, you know, that just sounds fun. I just kind of started doing my mental checklist of folks that I would like to do podcasts with that I haven't. And it's just like, well, yeah, let's let's just get back to having fun and just It's the perfect time. Exactly. We're
2: all in front of our computers right now. Exactly,
0: exactly. So, um, so, so that's kind of my takeaway. I've I have felt the inspiration to uh, reconnect um, in in this uh, in this time Beautiful. of love and COVID. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, tons of fun. I mean, we we could talk literally for hours and hours. But um, but uh, before we part ways for now, uh, could you let folks know where we can find you on the internets and how we can connect with you on the social medias and uh, and maybe let folks know very briefly about that uh, uh about that that little uh little written book project that uh that you have. Uh, sure, folks. sure. <laughs> And, well, and, yeah, and, it might be your, well, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I was, was going to say, I still, I still want to do a whole episode where we just kind of talk about coming of mage. We'll, we'll do sure, like, we'll sure. do like a whole episode on that. My um, very cleverly titled book that you alluded to. Yes. 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 I, I, I wrote,
2: I guess that's my biggest claim to fame. I wrote a novel called coming of mage. Um, always working on the sequel to it. I got some other books in the works. I have some uh, novels and eBooks out there that you can look up. Um, I'm at Michael Andrews on everything. That's M I K E L, which I know is a weird spelling, especially compared to our host. But, uh, yeah, I mean, find me on Twitter. Uh, don't find me on Facebook or we'll get in a fight right now. Most likely.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. But you know, it, it's, I am looking at the spelling though. And it actually like, it makes sense. It makes mine has
2: s- the K you're stealing the K. Exactly. I was born with the K.
1: I love it. You merely adopted the K.
0: <laughs> I was bored with it. Molded by it. Molded by the K. The K shall rise again. Oh, man. Man, they have to find one of us in the wreckage, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. Well, all right. So this, this has been, um, uh, two mics, too furious, AKA, uh, two mics, no feedback, uh, copyright TM TM, uh, Michael Andrews and, uh, and Mike Seibert and, uh, for Mike Seibert radio, my name is Mike. And I'm the other Mike. This episode of Mike Seibert radio is powered by pod decks. Use the discount code msrp 10 for 10% off your first order. Pod decks were created to be a tool for any podcaster, whether you are just starting out or a pro podcaster, to help grow your audience, have deeper conversations, and set yourself apart from all the other interview podcasts online. Now, I've never endorsed a product before on the show, but I think Pod decks are a really cool way to break the ice and inspire some really fun conversations, you know, regardless if you're a content creator or not, especially at a time when we're all safe at home. Pod decks are a great way to interact with your friends and family and maybe learn a thing or two about each other. There are a variety of pod decks combo packs, including the episode deck and interview decks, the second edition episode deck, the would you rather and what the heck decks, or you could do what I did and just buy the entire library of five unique pod decks. So shuffle up, ask a question and let your audience get to know you and your guests a little better. Go to poddex.com for more information, and don't forget to use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's discount code MSRP10 at checkout, poddex.com.
1: Here are some exciting coming attractions.
0: Oh, man, I tell you, it is going to be a gym packed month here on the Mike Seibert Radio podcast and I thought I'd take a minute to let you know about some of the highlights and what you can look forward to because I'm actually kind of ahead on scheduling and have all kinds of uh, exciting stuff to share uh, starting with this week's interview with Tyler Chintaner co-publisher of A Wave Blue World uh, talking about the Kickstarter for the new anthology Maybe Someday Stories of Promise Visions of Hope. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show but again check out awbwkickstarter.com that's a really great conversation and uh, it looks like a really cool book and I'm excited to uh, support it uh, once again and then after that who watches The Watchmen? or more accurately who pods the podcasters? Uh, Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent and Caleb from Autopod Decepticast joined me for a discussion about more or less the entire Watchmen franchise including the comic and the HBO TV show. And then speaking of Greg, I'll be a part of the next script reading for Transformers Reanimated, the fan fiction comic uh, written by him and Yoshi from Transmissions. Um, I'll be there along with Ryan and Aaron from the Autopod Decepticast crew, and I might or might not be the narrator for uh, this uh, recording sesh. Uh, That's going to be issue number nine, uh, titled Down Under Blunders. Uh, If you want to read the script for yourself, head over to transformersreanimated.com check out that uh, awesome cover uh, from Damon Bat, featuring everybody's favorite Battle Chargers, Runabout and Runamuck, and Outback uh, That uh, that is going to be a whole lot of fun, and later in the month, I'm going to commemorate the 40th anniversary of Bad Religion one of my favorite bands with very special guest, Taryn Daly from the rock of Seattle, the mighty 99.9 KISW uh, we are going to run down our respective top 10 favorite bad religion songs. I'm uh, I I'm really excited for that one and uh, I hope you will be as well. Uh, Transformers fan artist Robo Apollo uh, joins me to talk about Transformers fandom and the really cool commission piece uh, she's been working on uh, for me as well as uh, just kind of more of the world of being a uh, content creator in the Transformers fan community. Um, I've, uh, I've been really enjoying those conversations Conversations recently, and you know, really kind of uh, digging into the fandom. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a ton of fun. And then finally, in early July, it's brand new nerd rock music from the heart of time and space. As Cosmic Punch is my guest, and we'll be talking about his latest song, "The Club of Nerd Dads." So it's it's dad rock, it's nerd rock, it's right in my wheelhouse, and uh, I'm I, I'm always excited. When somebody uh, new comes onto the nerd music scene. Um, so I, I'm really excited to uh, have that conversation and share that music with you as well. Along with Black Hearts and Synths from Glitbiter, a reformed Star Wars nerd turned Trek nerd, Flo remains addicted to Glitterstim and will join me to talk about her independent music and Synthwave. And that's just what's already on the books. Uh, so maybe there'll be some uh, uh, extra bonus episodes. That pop up between now and then. I I tell you what, man, it is gonna be a fun summer on the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. But that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts including Spotify uh, we're now on Spotify and you can always check out the full show archive on SoundCloud like share rate and review the show let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future did uh, did breaking things up into smaller chunks work for you this week or would you prefer to hear all two and a half hours of uh, me and Michael Andrews uh, all in one shot let me know uh, Mike Seibert radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. for my guest Michael Andrews my Michael name- Andrews name is mike and until next time wash your hands and make good choices
1: you've been listening to the mike cyber radio podcast follow us on facebook twitter and instagram by searching at mike Cybert radio email us at mike radio at gmail.com the spelling on that of course is s-e-i-b-e-r-t call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224 mike Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.